Hey ladies, welcome back to Field by Faith Podcast. We're your hosts, Jocelyn Haas and Michaela Johnson, and continue listening for today's episode. Hey guys, it's been two weeks, it's been a minute, and so we're just trying to get back into the swing of recording and coming up with topics, but we really just wanted to regroup and kind of have more high quality topics to talk about, because that's obviously important. And so the one that we came up with today is trusting God, how to trust God, and then we're going to share, obviously, examples from our lives of how we've had to trust God in our past and how he didn't fail us. So the first question that I'm going to ask Kay is, what's an example in your life where you had to trust God and he proved he won't fail you? Um, The first example that always pops into my head is California. Like from the start of me moving there to like the time I left, like I knew God's hand was on it the entire time. Like even though it really sucked when I moved home, like God's hand was on it. Like he provided for me the whole way. And, um, just the fact that I was there and I didn't have to pay rent is the first amazing thing. Like I got an opportunity to move there and that's where I found Jesus. So the fact that like how that all worked out. And so when I moved home from California, that was probably one of the like hardest things I've ever been through, honestly, because I was, I was so in love with it. I was in love with the atmosphere. I was in love with everything about it. I was in love with the people I was around. Like it was just amazing. And then to... When I left, I was like, how am I still going to have a relationship with Jesus? Like, I was like, I feel like I'm not going to be as strong, like, in my faith, and that really sucks. Like, I don't know how I'm going to do it. And then I instantly had to remind myself, like, yeah, it might not seem perfect, and it might be hard, but it'll be fine. And as soon as I moved home, I thought, like, I wasn't going to have any Christian friends here. And as soon as I moved home, the week I was moving home, Jocelyn texted me. She's like, hey, how have you been? Like, this and that. And I was like, dude, like, funny story. Like, I'm actually coming home. Yeah. And at this point, no one knew I was coming home. So it was like, God literally was like, this sucks. And like, yeah, you're getting taken out of the situation. But I'm going to bring you back home. And I'm going to supply the things that you think you're missing out on. Mm -hmm. And it was like one of those things that it reminded me that like, God isn't going to leave you. He doesn't fail when he puts a plan and he finishes. Like, he always finished what he started. It isn't like he starts a project and just like, all right, peace out. I'm done with this. Mm -hmm. He's not like us humans. He finishes it. Like, it comes to completion. So, like, him bringing me and taking me home from California, he's like, I'm going to take you to California to make you whole and bring you back. And you're still going to be whole. Yeah. And... I never, that just even clicked in my head now because it's just like when I went to California, I was so broken, like hurt. I was mad at the world. I like had so much hatred in my heart and then I met Jesus and it was like, God was like, no, we're going to like work on this and don't get me wrong. I'm human. I'm not perfect. And I still have stuff to work on and God reveals stuff to me all the time that I have to work on. But it's like, God's like, I'm going to make you whole and I'm going to continue to make you more whole. Yeah. And so that's like my main example of like how God is like I took you here and I still am not gonna fail you there Mm. and I think that's even a perfect example like no matter where you are and I heard this a lot like when I first moved home like moving to a different state like God's gonna follow you there like you can choose wherever you want but God's still gonna be there you know and I almost feel because it's crazy looking at your story it's so obvious because it's like God took you out of everything you're going through Mm -hmm. here to take you there so that you could be saved and you didn't have any distractions around you and then once he had you to the point of like okay you went through your season there yeah now you need to come back home and 
you know, do what you have to do here. Right. And now you are where you are. And it's just so crazy to see, like, he literally took you out of your situation. Exactly. Like, saved you and then brought you back when you're stronger. And the craziest thing, too, is, like, two things. Is when I moved out there, it was two months after I moved out there, it was COVID. Mm -hmm. So, in March started, at the end of March. So, it was, like almost three months that I lived there and then COVID started. It was like, God was like, all right, we're going to work. I worked in elementary school and I did not want to work in an elementary school. And the entire time I worked in an elementary school, I was getting paid while I was off for COVID. So it was like, God's providing for me for that. Like I got paychecks while I was off. Like I did not have to do one thing while I was off. And then I was really scared coming back because before I moved out there, I was very big into drinking. Mm -hmm. I loved alcohol. I loved partying, like all that stuff. And then I came back and I was like really scared. I was just going to float back into temptations. And one of my friends reminded me out there, he was like, Michaela, like you still have your friends. Like you have that, you have people you can fall back on. Like you don't have to fall in that temptation. He was like, and that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. Like You don't have to give into that. And it, it just shows that God is there to you to like, like guide you on that path when you think you're gonna stray away and stuff so yeah yeah mm-hmm. so what is your example of in your <laughs> life where you had to trust god it's so funny when we like pre-prepare because we'll have questions and then it's like okay are we interviewing i know so jocelyn but we do it to keep on track and it ends up like working out so the example in my life that i came up with was trusting the man that God placed in my life was really my husband and trusting that it was actually going to work out Mm -hmm. because like I was telling Kate, I have never seen a godly relationship. Like my family is not Christian. So I never had like that solid example of what a Christian or godly relationship should look like, or even really a healthy relationship in general, not just based off of being Christian, but healthy mm-hmm. because I'd never seen that. My grandparents are amazing people, but their marriage hasn't always been that great. My dad was very abusive. So that's kind of like my basis of what I thought a relationship should look like. Mm-hmm. And then I had been in abusive relationships. So then trusting that this man that God placed in my life is really somebody that I was supposed to be with or like marry was very hard for me because I had such bad trust issues that I didn't think I ever wanted to get married. I'm like, there's no way that I could trust somebody enough to actually marry them and then be with them for the rest of my life. Like, I never thought that that would be me. And so growing my faith and like really trusting God to be like, okay, God, like I know I don't want to live in sin anymore. Like I know I don't want to have sex outside of marriage. And Zay was such an amazing person, but still getting myself to be like, okay, but is he going to stay this person? Because from past like knowledge or past relationships and experiences I had been in, it's like the beginning was always so good. And then there'd hit a point in the relationship where they just turned abusive. Mm -hmm. And since they got me to the point where they wanted me or knew that I loved them enough to where I wouldn't leave, they would just start abusing me. Mm -hmm. And so to believe that Zay was not like that was very hard for me. And to trust God that he placed somebody in my life that was like good enough to be with or to marry Mm -hmm. was hard for me. And so as crazy as that almost sounds, it was probably one of the hardest decisions I've ever made because marriage is forever. Like that's a forever decision. You're not just committing for a year or two years. It's not like a relationship. Like this is marriage. And um, like I was telling the story before, um, 
when Zay and I first started dating, we weren't saved, we weren't in church, and we were obviously like having sex before marriage. And those are all things where I held a lot of shame about because I was like, well, God, since we weren't saved before, like, how can we get married? Or since we had sex before marriage, is he really my husband? Mm -hmm. And I held a lot of shame for me giving in. And I held a lot of almost like anger against Zay, even though it's not his fault because it was something we both chose to do. But I still held anger against him because again, we had did that and I just felt like we shouldn't have did that and I wanted to marry somebody who I didn't do that with and it was just this whole thing, like this whole battle in my mind. And I had to remind myself that God can restore things that we don't even think that can be restored and even if we have shame about things, he forgives us and he understands to an extent, obviously, like we're not supposed to just live in our sin and continue to do it and just be like, oh, God forgives us. But in certain circumstances where before I didn't really know any better, I didn't really truly understand why to wait for sex until mm -hmm. marriage or why it was a sin, where now I have that knowledge, but before I didn't. So he doesn't hold that against you. Yeah. And um, that's just another example of like where he finishes what he started and he doesn't fail us in circumstances that he places in our life. Right. And um, I just wanted to share that because sometimes we think that our stories are going to look so clean cut and our testimonies are going to be so perfect after the moment we're saved. And that's not true. Like Zay and I were abstinent for over seven months um, by the time we got married, but it took us a long time to get there. It wasn't an overnight thing because yeah. it's a totally foreign concept. So like God did still work through our relationship and he obviously was still there with us. But in the moment, like my shame held me back from really seeing that. Mm -hmm. And I recently talked to my therapist about it because I noticed it's still something that I hold shame against myself for yeah. because I gave in before we were married and even after we were saved. And she was like, but that's what makes our testimony so special and it makes it more powerful and relatable because mm -hmm. that's a lot of people's story. They right. didn't wait until marriage. They didn't, you know, have a perfect story. And right. so more people can see God through that than a perfect story. Right. Not that those aren't good too, because they are, but yeah, it just helped me release some shame that I had towards that. Yeah. I actually recently met with this, like, just reminded me because, like, of God's love and, like, how he redeems. Like, God's love, like, the, how the pastor ex explained it to me is called agape love. Like, that's one of the th phrases. And usually, like, when humans, like, love somebody, they're like, oh, like, I love you, but I only love you when you do something for me. Like, it's like you love with condition. You have mm -hmm. conditional love. So it's like God has conditional love for us. Like, he loves us no matter what, and he sees us as, like, prized possessions. Like, there's three different things. I can't exactly remember what the three different things were that he said, but he just said, like, God's love. Like, we look at something, and when we're super passionate about it, like me and Joss with this podcast, we're super passionate about it. Like, we work on it. We love it, and it's, like, our baby. And so, like, how we look at this is how God loves us, and he's, like, this is another example. It's like when Jesus died on the cross for us, it's like he had to do sacrificial love. So he had to, like, somebody basically, something had to die for us. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, I'm going to send my son, but you don't have to give me anything back. And it's just like the only thing he asked for is, like, our lives to, like, yeah. follow him and trust him. And it's, like, crazy to me that, like, 
something so big can love me so much that he's willing to send his son. Yeah. And it's so crazy to me because I think about that a lot. I'm like, man, because I didn't ever, for a while, I didn't understand like God's love and like why he even like chooses to love us. I'm like, yeah. I know he loves me, but I don't like know in my heart that he loves me. And it's just crazy when you actually like almost get the understanding of it. You're like, wow, like God does love me. Mm-hmm. Like he, he, he sent Jesus on that cross for you. Yeah. And I was like, man. So yeah, that was just a little side note. Yeah, well, and I think that it's not just, obviously there's not just one thing in our lives where we have to trust God. We have to continually trust God. Like I struggle with anxiety and I've shared this, but it's gotten progressively worse for some reason lately. And I've really had to learn to trust God in this because I've shared this before too, but it brought a lot of shame onto me why I was having such mental health issues this far into my walk. And like it made me feel like I was doing something wrong and there was past like church hurt where I was like, well, these people like have a certain way of thinking and it projected onto me where I was like, well, there must be something wrong Mm -hmm. then if I'm feeling this way. And so it's like a constant battle with trusting God and especially when you struggle with anxiety because it's fear, like anxiety is essentially fear that you're feeling. You're constantly worrying about things and as we know, you can't constantly be afraid and then also have faith at the same time. Right. So it's really hard to almost come to terms with that, but there's also things in our brains that we can't help sometimes. Right. And so um, for those of you who struggle with mental health too, it doesn't mean that there's something wrong or that you're necessarily doing something wrong, but just learning to trust God and in those moments of fear because we know that we're going to have moments of fear in this right. life. Like that's inevitable and that will always happen. Mm-hmm. But as long as we take that moment to just let God know that we're scared and just let him know that we are just letting him take control of our lives, then there's nothing else we can really do right. because it's not in our hands anyway. Exactly. So for us to be scared sometimes is pointless. Mm-hmm. And then again, like telling you that is something totally different than actually feeling that. Right. I'm the first one to know that because right. I'm scared all the time exactly but just taking that moment to be like god i'm having anxiety i'm feeling really anxious about this situation i just need your help Mm -hmm. you know and that even sometimes just saying that helps sometimes it doesn't but also having scripture like we've talked about in the past to back that up really helps yeah and like being able to just i just actually saw this youtube family that i watched he's having his daughter she's three and memorized a scripture a month he is like teaching her and i'm like at such a young age and this is why it's so important to be raised like raise your family in a christian household and me and my grandma were just talking about this the other day and raise your kids like i pray that my kids get raised like i raise them with them knowing how much god loves them and with her knowing that one of the scriptures is like i can do all things through christ who strengthens me and Mm -hmm. at three years old to know that and like have that planted in your heart already you're like imagine the things you think you can do you know what right. I mean? and you can do and I just was thinking about that and my grand, me and my grandma were talking about this and she's like like you got you were raised and you guys went to church on Sundays but she was like but you weren't like raised in a Christian household like they you guys believed and you did the acts but it's like and she did an example of like what she heard one of her like the pastor she watches on TV said like you're you go to church on Sunday and the other by other six days of the week you're like the devil yeah and I was like dude like that's so true because if we walk like if we go to church on Sundays like what are we putting up a facade for the rest of the week well and that's a crazy point too because I think some people think that 
just because you go to church means that you're a follower of Christ. Mm-hmm. And as important church in having community around you is, it's really just a supporter. Right. What you do in your everyday life is what really matters because yeah. that's what truly shows your heart. Mm-hmm. And I'm guilty, especially at the beginning of my walk. Like I wouldn't read my Bible. I would just go to church, but mm-hmm. I was still learning. It was like a baby. Like yeah. I had to be trained upright. Yeah. And so after my relationship with God matured and continues to mature, mm-hmm. then things in my life start to change. And now I know like every day, I need to pray every day. I need to be in my word or get some kind of scripture in me, um, not just on Sundays. Exactly. And I would notice, like, I would feel so filled up and so good on Sundays. And then throughout the week, it would slowly, like, drain. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, like, I can't wait to go to church to get filled back up. It's like, you can fill yourself up every single day by prayer and by reading his word you don't have to wait until sunday exactly and like i just joined um our church offers small groups which Mm -hmm. is amazing because community helps so much like having godly people around you and people who are friends that go to church and that know the lord is so important yeah and so being able to be in this small group we just had our first group last week but being able to have other people around you is so amazing where you can just share about God and they can pray for you and help you and you can share things that you're even struggling with in your faith because a walk of faith is not easy if anything it's much harder than before you're saved because you're held accountable for so much now And yeah, just having people, like-minded people around you that are on the same journey as you makes it so much easier. Yeah. And I, um, when I met with the pastor on Wednesday too, he brought up small groups and he was like, I really think, and right now I'm so busy with everything going on. I'm in school. I work full time. And so I was telling him, I'm like, I don't know if I have time for that. And he was like, but I really think it would be super important for you because he's like, these are the type of people that like, when you are struggling with knowing your worth in Jesus and like knowing how much God loves you, like these are the people that you can fall back on and they can be like, okay, but this is what scripture says about you. Just like Josh said, like it's the accountability and like the having somebody like, because you guys learn the same thing at church on Sunday. So you're going to the, and being in a new church to a little backtrack, but going to a new church and being new to a church, being able to get into a small group and like get to know people. Cause the church we go to, it has four different campuses. Mm -hmm. And so that's a lot of, that's there's a lot of church members that go to that church Mm -hmm. and so it's like cool that you get the opportunity to have like your little circle in such a big in your big church family right so it's super nice well and they have different ones like there's couple based ones like the one that zay and i are in it's a married i don't know if it's just for marriage or like for couples in general but all of the couples in our group are married yeah so that's also cool and they're the same age so it's just really nice because then within our marriage we have other couples to go to um for advice or for counsel or for whatever right so that's just really cool and important in general right um okay and then the other second point that we had to talk about was how to remember that god won't fail like how do you remember that he won't fail um, I think for my, when I feel like I'm getting failed by God, like in, like literally when my mind goes there, I remind myself of the, I try to remind myself in the moments that it's not always that easy, but I try to remind myself of the hard times God brought me out of. Mm-hmm. Like those seasons where I'm like, I, when I moved home from California, was it easy? Absolutely not. Yeah. But after a few weeks, did it get better? Absolutely. Yeah. It was like getting, like, it shows that 
with those examples, like everything that God has done in my life, like he brings me out of. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I have to remind myself in the moments where I feel like he's failing me, quote unquote, like that he's not failing me. It's that he is teaching me something through that. And yeah. it might be to bring me to a new level. Like sometimes God takes you out of situations like in California, it was great, but God might have wanted me to come back here, one, to help, to show people God's love and to show people that God does save. And yeah. two, that like he can take somebody that's into partying and change them, change their life completely. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people get discouraged too because they're like, oh no, like, and the first, I always hear people say this and I, me and Joss talk about this a lot, like, oh, but I'm too messed up for God. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, but like, look at Jesus. Like when Jesus went and hung out with people, he mainly hung out with sinners. Yeah. He had his little circle of friends and then he hung out and he ate dinner with sinners. Yeah. So you're telling me you have to fix yourself up to come to God. And I, for some reason, that's like a crazy like thing in people's heads. Well, it is because when people say that, they don't realize that God created them. Right. Like, do you not realize you're a creation of God? Right. So everything that you've done up to this point, like, he knows. Exactly. And he made your personality the way that it is. He didn't make you sin. Yeah. And he's not happy about things that you're doing if you're living wrong. But he already like loves you because he created you and we use this example a lot too but it's just like a parent like if or if you are a parent listening if your kid does something that you don't like or that you don't approve of or that goes against your rules like your house rules do you just disown them right most likely not and you don't just like hate them and never talk to them again you still love them right but you might not talk to them for a while because you're angry with them or you might punish them because you're angry with them but it's to get them back on the right path right and that's how god is with us he doesn't necessarily punish us but Mm -hmm. he makes our lives a lot harder when we're living wrong exactly so that we realize that we need him exactly you know so that was a good point um i feel like in my life i need counsel like I need people that I can go to or I need um like a therapist to help me analyze what why I'm feeling the way that I'm feeling because I'm a person to question everything and Mm -hmm. like I said being naturally anxious I worry about a lot of things and so if I don't have somebody to pull me out of those thought processes obviously by prayer too but like if I can't go to somebody and have them pull me out, I just tend to sit there because it's hard for me to pull myself out Mm -hmm. or sometimes to even get myself to prayer for God to pull me out. Yeah. So I need people around me that I can go to and they're like, no, like this is what the Bible says. Or, well, if you're feeling this way, like what's going on that you're questioning God in that way? Or what unbelief are you dealing with? Because let's be real. We all struggle with that sometimes. Like, can God really do that? Or, well, you know, is this really true? And sometimes seeing, having somebody in your life that's more mature in their faith and they have way more examples where they can be like, well, yeah, that is true because here's an example from my life and can make the Bible come alive to you. Mm -hmm. That's a lot more powerful than just sometimes us trying to do it on our own. Exactly. And so for me, that's what helps me more like having a Christian counselor that I can confide in and talk about these things. And she can even remind me, well, that's not true. Like, where is that coming from in your life? Right. And then they almost force you into reflection 
question to be like, God didn't plant that seed, so where is it coming from? Exactly. Probably the enemy or a past experience with a person who was just dealing with their own stuff. Right. Like, not all the seeds that are in our minds are planted by God. Yeah. And that's important to remember because if it's a bad thought and we think, well, why would God allow this to happen? Or why would God do this and that? That's not, he's not always the one making things happen. Mm -hmm. We have to remember that. Like, we open doors by our own sin to allow the enemy in. And we like to blame God for that, but it's our choices that lead us there. Exactly. If we know God and we follow God and we try to follow the Bible as best as possible, there's less of a chance of that happening, but we're still going to fall. And when that happens, like, God will forgive us, but we have to know that we make the mistakes that open the door to the enemy. Right. To then be able to plant the seeds. Exactly. Yeah. I, um, and that was a really good point because I think sometimes I even forget that I should go to people, Hmm. like, in those moments where I'm anxious, like, I just want to, like, shut down. Oh, yeah. And then it's, like, it's almost, and that's why... Because me and Joss, we shared this a lot. But this, if this is your first time, we both go to counseling. And so um, having her there to be like, but like, why are you being like this? Like she can calm down those nerves and like calm down the anxious thoughts and just like bring you down. Like just like Joss was just saying, like, I don't have to depend on my own. Like, and that's where it even is nice to have her because it's almost like having like a godly person it is having a godly godly person yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and having them there sitting there being like but that's not true yeah and just like actually remind you that like you're gonna be okay because I think in those moments too like what I do is I'm like I'm not gonna be okay yeah and then it's like she's like no like Mm -hmm. you'll be good but just like calm down yeah. And it's, yeah. Well, it doesn't always have to be a counselor, too, though. Like, it could be somebody at your church yeah. that you're really comfortable with. But it helps when they're a little more spiritually mature than you. Yeah. Because sometimes when we're at our own level, even talking about it with a friend, it can just feel like venting. Yeah. You might not always get the best advice because they're at the same level as you. Right. So you need to sometimes go to somebody who's a little bit more experienced with their faith than you are. Exactly. It only makes sense. It's just like, why would you go to relationship advice to somebody who has constant feeling relationships? You would go to somebody who's been married for 50 years and has a successful marriage. You know what I mean? So it's kind of the same thing. Like, why would you go to just a friend that doesn't even believe in God for faith struggles. Exactly. If anything, they're going to pull you the other way. Exactly. And then you're going to be even more confused. So knowing who to go to and like having people in your church is super important because like I said, now having small group, you have people that you can just go to and talk to that's outside of even like counseling because sometimes counseling can feel a little robotic. Like you're like, oh, I have to talk about something. So sometimes it's not as natural unless you have like a very serious thing that happened right sometimes knowing what to talk about is hard but on your every day-to-day thing who can you go to exactly you know what I mean yeah so then we're just gonna end with sharing a couple scriptures just for you guys to have and to be reminded that God is always with us and he doesn't fail us the first one is Joshua 21 45 not one of all the Lord's good promises to Israel failed everyone was fulfilled the next scripture is First Chronicles twenty eight twenty. David also said to Solomon, his son, "Be strong and courageous, and do the work. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord God, my God, is with you. He will not fail you or forsake you, until all the work for the service of the temple of the Lord is finished." 
Okay, and then the last one is Isaiah 55, 10 through 11. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and make it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. And I feel like all three of those, even though not all of them deal with exactly God feeling us, they all deal with the promise of God and mm-hmm. they all um, deal with faith. Yeah. And so just standing firm on scripture and on what God has to say. And obviously those aren't the only scriptures yeah. that are about faith or about um, like God's promises. There's many, many others. Yes. Those are just three good ones that we honestly Googled and thought sounded good. Yes. So, we- so that's the end of today's episode. We pray that God ministered to you guys somehow through us today and that we said things that could potentially help you and the examples from our life somehow help you guys. Yes. And we're still doing Share Your Story. I know we haven't came out with one in a while, but if you guys still want to share your story, you can email us. It can be anonymous. Um, Anything, that's totally fine. We'd love to hear from you guys. So DM us for prayer requests. We love to hear from you guys. Yeah. And follow us at Feel by Faith Project. We hope you stay fueled by faith.